This is Geek 4, a podcast about fans, fandom, and fan culture. I'm Dr. Michael Boyce. Everyone likes something, but what are you a geek for? My guest today is Tara Maslowski. And Tara, can you just introduce yourself to, to everyone? Well, I am Tara Maslowski. Um, a lot of people hear the last name Maslowski and they think of Jerry Maslowski, who was my father, who worked for the Bombers for a long time. So I'm Tara. I'm one of three kids of Jerry Maslowski, and uh, I'm really excited to join this podcast with you today. Thank you. Your story and the Bombers story, I mean, for those of you who are listening who are not in Winnipeg, Winnipeg, the Winnipeg Blue Bombers are the professional sports team, the CFL team. And Winnipeg has a deeply passionate sports fan base. Uh, is, I, think, I think you will agree with that. <laughs> Definitely. Um, especially, I mean, the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, you know, the fans have just been, they've been through a lot. I mean, they go through what the team goes through, right? The ups, downs, the wins, the losses, the heartbreaks, um, and I mean, I worked with the Gold Eyes as well for a couple mm-hmm. of seasons. And I mean, the loyal fan base that Winnipeg had there, it was, just, it was amazing to see fans continuously coming out and supporting the team through good and bad. Yeah. And, and what I find so interesting, uh, b- before we get into your story, just Winnipeg sports in general, like, you know, I moved here in 99, kind of the, the drought year, the Jets weren't here. Um, people definitely support their teams It is deeply passionate and as you say like ups and downs absolutely i think sports fans are are some of the most unique fans uh because they have to suffer through (laughs) through the losses but they always have that that deep attachment to the franchise uh even when things aren't going well and they support regardless it's really interesting talk to me about your kind of evolution as a fan like how did you (laughs) When did you first become a Blue Bomber fan? So fairly young. Um, my dad started working with the football club in the early 2000s. So he actually worked for the Pan American Games in 1999. Not sure if anybody knows what those are. Um, but he started out there and got on in 2000. So we grew up around it. We lived it. We breathed it. Um, I'm going to be honest. I was never really into sports growing up. Um, I was into singing and performing and things like that. Um, and then I just thought it was the coolest thing in the world that I could say my dad worked for the bombers. <laughs> you know, I was like oh, the coach, he's like the CEO of the bombers at such a young age. That's what I was telling people. Um, but that's when it really began. And I mean, we didn't really know, what was going to happen with his career at the time, if it was just going to be, you know, a couple seasons, if it was going to be, you know, a seasonal thing, who knew? But I mean, fast forward 15 years later, bomber football was literally the heart and soul of our family. It was again, like we mentioned, you ride the ups, (laughs) you ride the downs, you see a different point of view. And I think that that was really cool, especially for me and our family to see the inside of it as well. You know, we were fans, we got to know the players, the coaches, and you just, you cared about them and you wanted them to do well. The flip side of that is actually being behind the scenes and seeing, you know, my dad create marketing campaigns come to life, seeing commercials come to life, seeing stuff he was so proud of, you know, on TV. Hey, my dad made that, you know, my dad had something to do with that. So we were really fortunate enough to be able to see both sides of it on the field and off the field. 
I'm really curious as, as, a, as a fan, as, as someone who, who loves the bombers, your dad's working for them. You're suddenly like, like it's this fine, like you're, you're kind of part of the family now. <laughs> um, and, and yeah, like, as you said, like getting to know the players, getting to know the coaches, like how did that change or, or how did that affect you? Like being a fan of, of, of the, of the team, because like players get traded and, and right. come in and like, how was that? That must've been really exciting on the one hand but also really difficult like it definitely was I feel like I went through a jersey curse for a while (laughs) every player's jersey I got they got injured they got traded they got cut something happened but um we became close with a lot of them like my dad you know he was very instrumental in helping players find homes here and build homes here and you know having some over for dinner and being able to get to know them and Like you said, when you're watching on TV and, you know, you see them not doing well, you are so emotionally (laughs) invested, you know, in them not doing well, or they score a touchdown and it's the greatest thing ever, or, you know, they get traded and it's the worst thing ever. So you definitely ride the emotions as a fan, but also on the inside, like, oh, so-and-so was just over for dinner a couple weeks ago and now he's not on our team anymore. When I first moved to the city, um you know, um, my wife was a youth pastor and um, a lot of the girls loved sports. That's kind of actually how I got into the Blue Bombers. I really wasn't a football fan before I came to the city. That developed here. And I, I learned that one of my high school classmates, who was a couple of years ahead of me, but was actually playing for the Bombers and I couldn't watch. Like I was like, oh, no, 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 no. If something <laughs> bad happens to Wayne, I won't, I won't be able to handle that. Um, it's really interesting. Yeah, that, that personal relationship becomes it a is. little bit touchy. And it was hard. I mean, I, I was young at the time, but I mean, you care about these guys and you begin to know them and you're seeing them on a regular basis and you get to meet their families. And then, I mean, as rule and cruel as the sports world can be, it's literally the snap of a finger and all that can change. Right. So mm-hmm. luckily most of the time they stayed within the CFL. So every time, you know, they traveled back here, we always made a point to see each other or a quick visit or something, which was nice, but I mean, the whole time with the football club, um, like my dad working there and then I started working there, but we still keep in touch. Like I still talk to players that played in 2001, 2002, people reach out. I mean, nowadays with social media where I feel like I know them Mm -hmm. and I'm still in touch with them and connected They They have families now they're married, they're coaching, you know, they have different jobs. And I mean, I'm really lucky to have those relationships still with a lot of those people. It's amazing, like that people who played for the bombers, uh, unless they are blowing smoke, which is entirely possible, <laughs> when they talk about their time in Winnipeg or their connections to Winnipeg, they just have this deeply, deeply felt connection. Uh, you know, I, I mean, Obi Khan is is probably the best example of that. Who you know, his yeah. business is 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 here and um, delicious, um, <laughs> but other players it's the same thing like when you hear milt talk about his time in winnipeg like he is deeply loved here it's it's fascinating um it is i mean a lot of those guys like you mentioned obby i love obby he's been a family friend for a long time um you know there's other guys that have made winnipeg home you know jason lives here his family's here he's building a family here kelly butler is still here and very involved in the community in winnipeg and 
I mean, you see where they were to where they are now. And like you said, it's just such a deep connection to the city, to the community, to the fans, you know, to everything that goes on here. And I just feel, you know, being from born and raised in Winnipeg, I feel like that's just the coolest thing ever and says a lot about our city and the people. Mm-hmm. And similarly with the the Gold Eyes, I mean, you know, that's our, our baseball team. Um, I'm not sure, Triple A? Is that uh, right? <laughs> double A. <laughs> um, <laughs> American Association, independent baseball. Yeah. It's a beautiful park. Uh, passionate fans, some of whom cross over, some of whom don't. Um, yeah. I, I, that, that's one of the, the interesting things is like people will be passionate about the Gold Eyes and not go to the Bombers or lots of people are passionate about all Winnipeg sports. It is just amazing to me that a city the size of Winnipeg uh, has such diversity in sports and such passionate fans about them. I think that that was um, interesting, actually, when I moved over from the football club to the Gold Eyes. I assumed I was going to see all the same people, right? You assume that everybody supports all the same teams. Definitely not the case. I mean, sure, there were some that I knew, um dancing gabe you know yeah <laughs> that would stadium hop or park hop right but the loyal fan base that the gold eyes has was just unbelievable i mm. mean and that was the biggest difference too i mean bomber football is once a week once every two weeks you have a home game right gold eyes baseball is seven days in a row 12 days in a row <laughs> like it's you know it's very intense but you have the fans that come that are there from as soon as the gates open until the last out. You have fans there that are sitting in rain delays waiting for the team to come out and play. Like, it was unbelievable. And I mean, it just opened my eyes to realize, you know, how passionate people are about their sports teams in the city. Your dad working for the the, the Bombers obviously brought you close. And then, I mean unfortunately, uh, untimely passing. Can you talk a bit about your dad? Yeah, I mean, I love talking about my dad. My dad was, you know, he was my best friend. I was very fortunate and lucky to be able to work with him for eight seasons. Um, From the start, I know he wasn't necessarily the happiest that Jerry's daughter worked (laughs) in the football club with him, but We were spending a lot more time together um, and we became very close. We were riding to and from the stadium together. You know, we were able to take lunches together. Um, And I think that that was, I loved that because growing up, he was never really around, right? Like he was always at the stadium. He was always so busy. Um, And then I started working there and it just, you know, developed a whole different relationship. And I mean, he was there for 15 seasons and, you know, we rode the ups and downs and the great cup losses and the playoff losses. Oh, the great cup loss. Oh. <laughs> so, yeah, we definitely went through a lot, but I mean, I, those, especially now that he's gone, I mean, I hold those memories so close from, you know, Canada in stadium and moving to the new stadium and spending all that extra time together and, you know, he was part of the reason that I did love football so much. And, you know, I knew nothing about it at the beginning, like I said, and, you know, he was the one teaching me and seeing how passionate and how he poured his heart and soul into what he did at the football club. I just like, I can't even put that into words. It was so cool to see him in that light, you know, not just being at home, being our dad, 
but genuinely caring about the people, the fans, how the players did, selling tickets, you know, mm. things like that. It was everything in one. And those are just some of the best times of my life with him. Can you talk about four years ago? So, um, yeah, it was intense. It was a lot. Um, to kind of just give a quick summary for those that don't know, he was sidelined with really bad back pain um, that started about mid-April, end of April 2016. Um, and nobody could figure out what was wrong with him. Um, you know, specialist after specialist were saying, oh, you know, just go to the chiropractor. You're fine. Take some meds. You're fine. <laughs> so just surreal to think about. I mean, every time around this time, you're just like, I'm filled with a flood of emotions. A part of me still doesn't even think that it's real. A part of me is still so angry about the process and how it happened. Um, and if there was one thing people knew about my dad is he never got sick. <laughs> he never missed work. He was just, you know, that was him. So he was working uh, with Variety, the children's charity at the time. And he got to take a medical leave. He was in such excruciating pain and nobody could figure out why. So fast forward to August of the same year, um, he went to a specialist and it showed his esophagus and the cancer had spread throughout his body. So at that time, it went like nobody could even believe what we were being told because, you know, how could he have suffered this long and nobody caught that, you know, mm -hmm. how many months ago, right? So it was a lot. I mean, a lot of people still didn't really know what exactly was going on with him, how quick it was, the diagnosis, you know, it's terminal, it's spread everywhere, it's a day-to-day -day kind of thing. So it was a lot. He got admitted into the hospital at the end of August um, and he passed away September 4th. <laughs> so it was quick. It was traumatic. It was devastating. It was shocking. It was a whole bunch of things. And again, I mean, I still, some days it just still doesn't even seem real that, you know, he lived that and that happened <laughs> for such a long period of time. Um, it's, yeah, it's just days like this that, I mean, you, you think about it and, you know, you reflect on all the good times, you know, we had together. And that's something that's definitely a part that you don't want to remember, but I mean, that's going to be with you forever considering the circumstances and what happened. So um, yeah, I mean, we're just, we're trucking along. <laughs> I still can't believe that it's been four years, but I mean, my siblings and I were continuing to carry on his legacy the best that we can and, you know, be involved in the community and be there for people and care about people. Um, because especially after his passing, like the impact from people was just beyond overwhelming, you know, former coaches, people who worked in the CFL, players who didn't even play here, <laughs> people who I didn't even know reaching out to me saying, you know, your dad stopped at the stadium to say hi to me, or you don't know me, and but I grew up with your dad, you know, and he was so great. And I mean, even to this day, that was very comforting, especially during that time. But I mean, I love, you know, hearing stories like that. And I love, that it was, you know, even if it was a quick little hello or just to stop to see how you are, like that stuff that just warms my heart and that just speaks volumes of the person that he was. And we're actually recording this on September 4th. So thank you uh, for making the time on this special day.
I've done some research. Uh, <laughs> I've looked at, you know, the ways in which you and your siblings have, have continued his legacy. Can you talk about some of that stuff? Sure. So um, we created a memorial fund at Variety, the children's charity in memory of my dad, which um, proceeds go towards our special needs program. Um, so my sister and I uh, were brought forth the idea of a Mother's Day brunch that my dad wanted to plan for the Variety moms. Um, so my sister being as organized in <laughs> as organized as she is, um, she kind of took the reins and made it happen. Um, and the Mother's Day brunch, I think we continued for three or four years. Um, and it was great. We held an event. The Moms of Variety came out. We raised money for Dad's Fund, which was great. I um, mean, it was just special to be able to carry on, you know, an idea that he had that unfortunately he wasn't able to make come to life. But that was very important to us to be able to carry on an event like that. Um, and then at the Never Alone Foundation, um, his connection to Lyle Bauer through the time at the football club. Uh, Lyle Bauer is a part of the Never Alone Foundation. We created a fund there as well. Um, and my sister spearheaded a pause for a cause is what we called it. So my sister has a dog. Uh, her name is Rue and she's all of our favorites in the family. And my dad just adored her. And uh, my sister thought it would be a great idea to create a dog walk and raise funds in memory of my dad. So that's been going on for the past couple of years as well. And I mean, it's things like that, that, you know, we're so proud to be able to do things like that, to raise money for him, to keep his name out there and just raise awareness for stuff that's going on. That's so amazing. Uh, the, the work you guys have done to, to keep his memory alive. So uh, what's it like being a Blue Bomber fan now? <laughs> it's definitely bittersweet. Um, I mean, I'll be honest, it doesn't really feel the same, um, especially after his passing. Um, when he stopped working there, we were still involved in it. I still worked there for a little bit after he left, um, which was weird on its own. As weird mm -hmm. as like I was going to see my dad that night at the kitchen table, but to not have him in the office with me, it was just the weirdest thing. Um, but it was different. I mean, bittersweet, especially with them winning the Grey Cup. Like there is... Yeah. There is nothing in the world that Jerry Maslowski wanted more than was to win a Grey Cup. And he got robbed of it three times while he was working with the football club. And there was some bad law. There was some bad yeah. robberies. Oh. Yeah, there was some bad stuff that happened. And again, as a fan and being on the inside and outside, you ride through that stuff up and down. But for them to win the Grey Cup was bittersweet. I mean, I watched the game. I just wanted to be alone. Bomber football in our household was always so intense. <laughs> unplug the phone, don't answer the door, sit in front of the TV, no talking. Like that's just how passionate mm -hmm. was about it and wanted them to win. So it was just so surreal to see that happen. I mean, I'm so happy for the football club that they were able to make that happen for the city of Winnipeg, for the fans who have suffered, you know, as much as they have these last couple of years. So it's definitely different. Um, because it was such a long time ago that he started working there. But I mean, the football club will always hold a special place in my heart with my family. And, you know, we're deeply connected to them for, you know, the rest of our lives and the way that they, you know, did their tribute to my dad after he passed away and, you know, people reaching out players who didn't even know my dad, you know, with the JM on their helmets and, mm -hmm coincidentally you know he passes away the morning of the labor day classic <laughs> and you know for which which 
in Winnipeg sport, like that is a big Huge. deal. <laughs> so big I, deal. I would always beg my dad to go out to Regina for Labor Day. And I mean, again, those who knew Jerry, he hated losing, but there is nothing more he hated than losing to the riders. <laughs> the rivalry between the Saskatchewan Rough Riders and the Winnipeg Blue Bombers is um, oh, it's one of the classic sports rivalries. Yeah. Well, especially, I mean, from that, he was the one who, you know, created and implemented the Banjo Bowl, which is still around, which is yes, still there, right? <laughs> so it's a very special connection um, to Regina and Ryderville, but yeah, it was just, I mean, that Sunday morning, he passes away early in the morning, the game goes on um, and the Bombers win. The Bombers win for the first time in 11 years. <laughs> so, and it was just so, you know, surreal how it happened. Justin Medlock, their kicker, he kicks the game winning field goal. So another JM, Medlock, another JM. Exactly. And, when my dad was working at Variety, he created and started um, Justin Medlock's Kick for Kids. So every time Justin Medlock kicked a field goal, the Bombers would donate money to Variety. So it could have happened more perfectly. I mean, I still feel like dad had something to do with that game. You know, 11 years later, <laughs> you know, they finally win in Regina. But I'm sure he did. Yeah. Because like even years where the Bombers were really strong and the Riders were terrible. The riders would beat the bombers in the always, oh. always. <laughs> it always happens. So that was definitely a touchy subject in uh, the Maslowski household. But I'm glad that that year, and I mean, how it all happened on the same day was just, um, it was really cool to see. Um, and I mean, I know he would have been so happy that they won that day. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much. Uh, would you be up for a quick question answer thing? Let's do it. I like All right. <laughs> Let's do it. Tara, what is the weirdest piece of bomber memorabilia you own? Ooh. This isn't like on the spot. I feel like we've just accumulated so much stuff. Um, I mean, we have like turf from the old stadium. I don't know if that's weird. <laughs> like the weird and cool. Seats. I love the old stadium. I miss it. Oh, gosh. The old too. stadium is walking place. distance from my house. So nice. like it was so much easier <laughs> to get there. Super convenient. Yeah. Is there something people think you're a fan of, but you're not? Oh, these are hard questions. Yes, they are. <laughs> these are so my, very hard questions. This is academic not rapid round. Um, people think I like, but I don't. Or that you weren't ever able to get into. Sports or otherwise. Oh, that's a hard question. Okay, we'll go on. <laughs> Let me Pass. think about it, but we'll come back to it. <laughs> Is there something that you're a fan of that would surprise people? Oh. Maybe not, because, like, I post publicly... <laughs> I am pumpkin spice obsessed. Like pumpkin yeah. spice, everything, anything, all day. <laughs> like that is me. Um, I like it a lot more than I feel like I should. <laughs> I, that's probably true. <laughs> what is the most recent thing that you have become a, a super fan of? Is there anything that's just become in the last little while? I feel like I've actually, okay, hang on. Let's go back to the other okay. 
kind of feel like this popped in my hand sure. <laughs> as we're sitting here. So I feel like I actually recently got into basketball, which I never thought I would. Um, and especially like in January with Kobe Bryant's passing and stuff like that. You know, I never watched basketball. I didn't care about basketball. I feel like you just know the names like Kobe Bryant and, mm-hmm. you know, but I actually, I got into it, you know, when they were replaying basketball games, I started, you know, watching them and kind of understanding what was happening and I like it. <laughs> so I think I would say that that would be the answer to that question. Like I'm kind of like a, you know, okay. closet basketball fan. <laughs> Basketball's great. Um, it's, it's much harder to be into here in Winnipeg. Yeah, of course. There was a basketball team for a while. I don't know if it still exists. I think it was called the Cyclones. Yeah, that was a while ago. Yeah. Like and the, the only Globetrotters came here. Like, I know that's not really basketball, basketball, but that was, all, I, you know, I'd always beg my dad. I'm like, can we go see that? Like, cool. <laughs> well, I almost went to see the Cyclone because um, the year, it must have been 2000, like early, early 2000s, if that. And yeah. their player coach was a guy named Daryl Dawkins, who. Okay. Daryl Dawkins was a big deal. If you're an old school basketball fan, Daryl Dawkins was the shack of his generation. Like he, he was enormous. He ripped down backboards. Oh I mean, gosh. Backboards. <laughs> they changed the backboards um, because he ripped so many down. They had to like change it. Wow. By the time he was here, he was like probably in his fifties and he, he rented videos at the video store I worked at. And he was like, he walks in and I knew exactly who he was. And I had no <laughs> idea why he was in the city. And I'm like, are you Daryl Dawkins? And he's like, yeah. And he extends this ginormous hand and we shake hands. <laughs> and he was a huge fan of like martial arts movies and old horror films. So like I'd give him stuff from my personal collection. That's so cool. And I'm like, I didn't even know we had a basketball yeah. <laughs> You learn something new every day, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Where can people find you on social media if they were inclined to find you? Yeah, so I'm pretty uh, pretty active on Twitter. So it's just my name, Tara Maslowski. Um, you know, I continue to share my journey with, you know, the whole grieving process and my dad and, you know, what's kind of going on in my life and where we are now. And um, yeah, I'd lo- you know, I'd love to meet new people, especially if there's people out there that have stories about my dad, you know, please follow me. <laughs> please send me a message. I love to hear stuff like that. And you know, I'm all about meeting new people, especially in Winnipeg. It's such a small city, but, you know, some, somehow somebody is always connected through some, you know, somewhere, somehow. So. Well, thank you very much. It was so great getting to know you. Um, this was a lot of fun. This was a lot of fun. Thank you for having me on. You. I appreciate it. And uh, yeah, hopefully we can talk again soon. Thank you for joining me on Geek 4. You can follow the show on Instagram and Twitter at Geek4Pod or me on Twitter at MWBoyce. If you listen on Apple Podcast, click the subscribe button and consider leaving a five-star review. Be sure to join us next time when we learn what someone else is a geek for.